offering tonight, church. Thank you, Lord. We bow before you, Jesus, for how you love us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your great love, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your great love. Come on, we sing.
Lord in this place right now. It's so easy to stand here and say how great is your love. But I know that throughout this place there are people who can say that but need to feel it. Right now in this place, Lord, I pray that you show us how great your love is. That your presence fill this place so that not a single person will doubt that you are God and that you love us. Would you show us your glory, Lord? Show us that you can break the chains. Show us that you make lives whole. Show us that you heal people, Lord. Show us your glory in this place. Fill us with your presence. Make us holy ground. Make us holy, holy ground. Fill us with the fruit of your spirit and with the spirit to overwhelm you. Show us your glory, heaven.
thing that changes is the darkness so let him in let him into your area of your life those areas that you think you're hiding that you've covered up those areas that you haven't let anyone in let the light in right now those of you at home likewise father god we come before you and lord we're crying out to you because god we really believe that you can do anything 
There's nothing impossible for you. Lord, we mess things up, but you never do. Father, you have a way of making all things work together for good to those that love you and serve you and are called according to your name. So, Father God, we're believing for supernatural work of your Holy Spirit. Father God, I'm lifting up Pastor Chris to you from under his construction who's battling COVID. And the men are all not here tonight because they wanted to make sure everyone was negative. They didn't want to infect anyone. But God, we're just believing you're going to touch and restore his health. You're going to keep him strong. Father, he has breathing issues, and we pray that you breathe into his nostrils and you open up his breathing passage. And Father, you completely restore his health. Father God, thank you for being with the kids at youth camp. A mighty move of your Holy Spirit's taking place over there, God. We believe they're going to come home transformed, Lord. Thank you. Father God, we're just believing you to do supernatural things right now, tonight, in this place. Father God, that people are going to be healed and restored of whatever is ailing them, Father God, body, mind, and soul. Father God, for those at home, I pray that, Lord, though they might not be in this room, but, Lord, your spirit is right there with them. So let them experience you. Father, we pray blessing and anointing power and just... Father God, your spirit among us. Father, for those areas of the state that are being flooded because of the rain. Father, we so desperately need the rain, but protect their property from any further damage. Father God, let there not be any loss of life or just loss of property, Lord. We just pray blessing. Father, thank you for all that you're doing and all you've done. And Lord, we thank you now in advance for everything you're about to do. And we pray these things in the supernatural name of Jesus Christ, the risen King, and God's people say amen. And we say, show us your glory, Lord. Show us your glory. Do a supernatural work right now. Sing it out. Sing it out. Show us your glory, show us your glory, let every burning heart be holy back. Show us your glory, show us your glory, in water and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Give him praise. Give him praise and say thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done this week and thank you for what you're going to be doing. We praise your holy name. Praise your name. Now turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready? Are you ready? God wants to touch your life. Are you ready? Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for the amazing work that you do. And I say work because they go into the battlefield. They're the front line of the battlefield. I want you to know that youth camp's going phenomenal. We haven't lost any kids yet. 
I know some of you, some of you parents paid us extra not to bring your kid back. Sorry, it wasn't enough. We will bring all the children back. But it's going amazing. God is really using tonight Pastor Anthony Rael from our sister church that we planted from uh, New Beginnings Crestview's preaching tonight. And tomorrow night is Pastor Jolliffe. He's from our El Paso church. And uh, it's just been a great time. Hey, I want to let you know that if you have not taken a discipleship class, uh, Sister Sonia Cleveland, Pastor Sonia Cleveland is going to be teaching a class beginning this Sunday at 11 a.m. And uh, if you haven't signed up, make sure you sign up. Also want to let you know that Fortify Your Spiritual Strength uh, meets every Sunday at 9 a.m., and they're hoping that you are going to join that class. If you have not been baptized, and some people have been baptized, but they walked so far away from God, they're saying, man, I, need to, I, I really re- need to renew my walk with God. I need to renew it, and I want to get baptized again to really say, God, I'm sorry I walked away, and I'm just renewing that. It's kind of like when people renew their vows. They're not getting remarried. They're just upping their commitment and saying, man, we've gotten lax. I'm back on track. But don't forget, if you've never been baptized or you want to renew your baptism, this Sunday, the 26th, immediately after the second service, we're hoping you're going to be able to be a part of that. And uh, I also want to let you know that um, Steve Stewart, who's been sharing on Wednesday nights with uh, Impact Nations, has a table set up there of some resources that you can buy and uh, some material you could look at to get more and more acquainted with their ministry because some exciting things are coming up in the very near future, and they're inviting us to go with them to Africa and, uh, and to really be able to, to go and minister there. Uh, hey, don't forget, Vacation Bible School is next month, and it's going to be amazing. We always need a lot, a lot of volunteers because there's hundreds of kids every night running all over the place learning about Jesus and celebrating his presence. So hopefully you could be here. And the last thing, mark your calendars now, but July the 6th, okay, July the 6th, um, New Beginnings, along with Under Construction and a, a couple other organizations are putting on a concert, and it's going to be held at Hoffman Town, the church, their, their amphitheater. It's a really neat outdoor venue that they're allowing us to use. That concert is uh, with uh, Brother Trejo, and you guys love Brother Trejo, man. That guy is just off the charts. And so he will be here with his posse. They're going to be ministering from 4 to 8 p.m. that night. So uh, you guys can plan your day. I know some of you are still working, but uh, it's a great time to get out there. So hopefully you could be there. So, church, I just want to welcome Brother Steve Stewart back to the pulpit, and he's going to be sharing about healing tonight, healing. So, man, I hope you came all sick and messed up so you could feel the power of God. No, 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 I really don't want that to happen, but, but, but we, we are so grateful. Um, so we love you, Brother Steve. Continue to just be a vessel of God's love.
You're old enough to remember programming VCRs in the 80s? You should have seen me. Um, just a couple of things. As soon as I get hooked up here. I'm smooth, huh? Um, as Pastor Richard said, uh, we do have a book table out there and with a, a number of different books, but I wanted to highlight, I mentioned it last week, two books because of the journey we've been on together these last three weeks. This one is called When Everything Changes, Healing, Justice, and the Kingdom of God, and it, it'll take you uh, a lot further in than time has allowed us to go now with some real practical stuff, including what we're going to do tonight. And the other one is a book called The Journey, and it's just 35 stories from uh, all over the world as we've traveled. And uh, and this one, actually, I have a lot of folks get this book for uh, not yet Christians to read. And uh, so anyway, that'll be out there. Are we rendered on that video? Ah, very good. We have a journey of compassion coming. Uh, those of you who were here the first week, I explained that's where we go off to the front lines. We go where other people aren't going. And everyone who goes, you're gonna, I tell you, just ironclad, you will heal the sick and uh, multiple times. And you'll lead people to Jesus. And you'll also, those other signs of the kingdom, that it'll be good news to the poor as they get clean water and medicine and everything. We just, you guys are the first people to see this. Um, just a real short video just to tell you a little bit about it and then I'm going to start teaching. I told you it was short. If you would uh, like some information, we've got these at the book table. I would love for you folks to come join us. We've got people registering from different nations, and I just love when my friends travel with me. Everybody okay? All right. Well, tonight we're going to have to go pretty quick. Next week we can gear down a little bit, but tonight we're in overdrive. I told you I would teach you on, uh, on healing, so that's what I'm going to do. What do you know? First of all, we looked at, at recognizing and learning to move in the rhythm of the kingdom. Last week, we talked about what it means to release the kingdom. Now, I want to be clear. The kingdom is released, as that video says, when we feed the hungry and we, we do all kinds of things, but it is also released when people are healed. And um, I haven't seen a a significant healing in Albuquerque um, in three days now. And uh, 
Sorry, that you were supposed to go, uh uh-huh. In other words, it's all around us. The kingdom is in our midst. So let's talk about keys to increase healing, okay? Um, First of all, I want you to know this. I have a theory. It's fairly complicated. My theory goes like this. More people will be healed if we pray for them than if we don't. I mean, that's deep stuff, right? You can't get that just anywhere. You guys are very quiet tonight, by the way. We're a little smaller, I know, camp and everything, but you are, you're pretty quiet. Tell the person beside you, you're quite quiet tonight. Whoa! All right. Woo! Like we just went from one to ten. Maybe we could settle in at about six. I don't know. It scared me. Um, no, that's not the right one. I, you got a different one sent to you yesterday. It said something about keys for healing. I'll let you guys find it. In the meantime, you might have to actually make notes in your phone. Um, I want you to recognize that we have an enemy. We know that. But how consistently and constantly he presses against you. He presses against your faith. He presses against your, your motivation He is lying to you all the time because he wants to minimize and neutralize you. I just want you to know that. That's just a fact. Jesus was pushed against, but he never agreed with the enemy. When the enemy spoke stuff to him, he never said, oh, that's right. Of course, none of us ever have, right? Maybe not since 5 o'clock today or something. But, um, But Jesus never agreed with the enemy. And he never wavered from his purpose. He said, my, my food is to do the Father's will. The enemy wants you and me to be passive uh, and uh, to not put what we believe in our hearts into action, to not let it get to our hands and our feet. So I'd like to talk to you. I got involved in healing accidentally. Um, 1977, that's 45 years ago. And um, uh, it really was accidental. A phone call, a friend's sister had been in a terrible car accident. She had uh, uh, broken vertebrae and crushed discs. And would I come and pray? And I didn't know how to say no because I just was afraid to say anything. So I get in the car and I actually went there with a friend of mine that I just led to Christ. And he was so excited with the phone call because, you see, for a week, I've been telling him, oh, yeah, Jesus likes to do this and this and this. And now I get the call, please come and pray for my sister. And he says, this is great. And I said, yeah, this is great. And I went, and they were all looking at me. And I'm not kidding. I was such a new believer. I hadn't prayed for anybody. I'd hardly prayed for supper at that point. (laughs) So I went to pray, and they're all around, and this poor woman's just in agony. And uh, about to pray, and Tony said, aren't you going to anoint her with oil? And I'm thinking, what? But on the outside, of course, good Christian, oh, yes, yes, of course, yes. We need to get the oil. So they got a bottle of Crisco, and I just let her have it. I mean, it was the slipperiest prayer you ever, ever heard. 
And they're all looking at me, and I prayed this pathetic, because I, I was so scared, and I don't even know what I prayed, but it was, it was really bad, okay? I just want you to know. And when I was done, they all looked at me like, are you kidding? And, uh, and it would have been a total disaster, except in his wonderful, wonderful mercy, Jesus healed her instantly. And there ended up 36 x-rays before and after. So that was my entry into healing. And I was in 77, and I was so excited that in 1982, I prayed for another person when I was cornered. I I just seemed, I don't know how to do this. And I began this process, and then as a pastor, I wanted to just kind of see healing come and so forth. Anyway, along the way, and I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version tonight. But along the way, I kind of figured out five things. Maybe you've already figured them out, but I had to go on the journey to figure out five keys to seeing more healing happen. So I'm going to give them to you, and I guess we didn't get that that thing today. I don't know. Uh, The first one is expectation. Say expectation. My wife and I would tell you the same thing. We, on this journey, we moved from hope so, I hope he gets healed, to know so. You know, there's a, there's a positive spiral. The more I expect, the more I see. And that's just a fact, folks. And the more I see, what do you think? The more I expect. So it's a very positive spiral that's gone on and on. I am genuinely surprised now if someone doesn't get healed, if I pray for them. Now, don't mishear me. I am not saying everybody I pray for always gets healed. But I see God move so much that if they don't get healed, I'm thinking, wow, that was weird. Mark 4, 24. Mark 4 is a fantastic chapter on the kingdom of God, by the way. But uh, 424 says this. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, and to, uh, to you who hear, more will be given. In other words, Jesus is saying... What you expect is what you get. There's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, why do I expect? Again, very briefly, number one, I know who Jesus is. I know that I know that I know he loves to heal. Always loves to heal. Did you ever hear him do a deal with anybody in the Gospels? Did you ever hear that? With With a leper, a blind person, a lame person? Never. He loves to heal. One of his names is is uh, Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who heals, right, from Exodus 15. So he loves to heal. So I know who he is, but bluntly, and I want you to hear this correctly, I know who he is, I know who I am. I am a son, and he gives authority to sons. I know that he moves through me to heal. And there's nothing arrogant about that. That's just my long journey. I've discovered this same Christ that's in me and is in you. He loves to heal. And he gives authority to sons and daughters. Okay? Now, when I'm in a situation to pray for people, on a journey of compassion, if any of you come, sometimes we'll have 500 people who want healing. That'll keep you busy for 10 minutes. And what happens, I'm looking for faith. Faith, 
faith is not absolutely the the critical issue. It isn't. Remember Jesus with the guy 38 years at the side of the pool? He says, do you want to get well? The guy doesn't even have the jam to say, yeah, I want to get well. What does he do? He goes into, oh, man, I've been here 38 years, and I miss out, and yada, 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 and I'm going to go home and eat worms, right? And Jesus says, get up, you're healed. There's no faith there. But it seems like a lot of the time he said, your faith has made you well. So sometimes I'm looking for faith to suddenly rise up in me. There'll be a moment I go, oh, he's here to heal. Or I'm looking for the faith of the person. How do you look for that? Is it a blue orb? No. They're leaning in. They're going, pray for me. Sometimes it's the faith of another. Remember the four guys who lowered their buddy through the roof? Remember that? Mark 2. And he, it says, and seeing their faith. One time we were doing a, a, an outdoor thing. We'd done a clinic and everything else all day. And it was nighttime. And we were praying, and there was, in my recollection, a lot of people that night, maybe 750 people, and finished preaching. A lot of people got uh, came to Christ, and then uh, healing started. And I very purposely, when healing happens, the team that I've trained, I had them go out, and they do it. I usually go talk to the bass player, because I'm trying to break the, the man of God syndrome, Right? So anyway, they're out praying and God's doing stuff. And I'm just, you know, standing on the stage like I always do, the invisible guy. And I look, it's nighttime, and I see one light. And these three guys are coming toward me. And one of them in the middle physically just looks very reluctant. They're practically dragging his feet. And they come to me in the corner of the stage. Don't know why they came to me with all this going on. And they said, our friend is blind, and he needs Jesus to heal him. Because they'd heard the preaching that Jesus heals. We were in a village where they didn't know anything about Jesus. And, uh, and he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, do you want to get? Do you want to see to the guy? Because he's just given me that snarky face, you know. And they go, yeah, yeah, he really does. He really does. So I started to pray for him, and I prayed a short prayer. And I thought, well, I better pray a little more. And I started again, and he just pulled his head away from me. He says, you can stop now. I can see. (laughs) Very interesting. That's kind of an extreme example. People are usually happier. But, um, But that's part of faith. That's part of expectation, okay? The second thing is participating in the activity of heaven. I was just teaching today. I, I do a podcast. If anybody cares, you can go on our website. I, I do a weekly podcast. And today, as I was teaching in First John, we, I was talking about that whole heavenly realm and how it breaks in and how we need to learn to be sensitive to that. Well, this is a key for healing. Um, let me point out what I mean. You remember in John chapter 1, near the end, Nathaniel... Philip comes to Nathaniel. He says, hey, Nat, I think we found the Messiah. Really, where's he from? Well, he's from Gallup. Oh, well, no good thing can come from Gallup. And, um, and they carried on. About two hours later, Jesus sees Nathaniel. And he says, 
An Israel in whom there is no guile. I'll give you the modern translation. Hey, Nathaniel, I like your style. You say what you think. And Nathaniel says, I'm, I think you've got the wrong guy. We've never met. And he says, oh, when you were under the tree, when you were with Philip in another place, I saw you. And Nathaniel goes, oh, my word. You are the Messiah. And Jesus says this, John 1.51, he says, You're, you say that because I said I saw you under the tree? He says, oh, stick around. I mean, that's small potatoes. Hang around. You're going to see the angels of heaven ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. When he said that, he was talking to a Jewish man. Every Jewish man knew the story of Jacob in Genesis 28. Remember, Jacob's running away from home, lies down, has some of your Bibles say dream, some say vision, and he sees this stairway with angels going up and down. Why? They're on assignment. The kingdom comes tangibly. They are on assignment. So what's really going on here is Jacob says, Oh man, God's in this place and I nearly missed it. One translation says, I love that translation. I nearly missed it. How much of the activity of heaven do I miss all the time? How much do I miss all the time? So a key to increase healing is learning to recognize and participate in the activity of heaven. Sometimes heaven just breaks in, just like that. You had no notice two seconds earlier. You had no sense of it. Now you know. One time Christina and I were in a Muslim nation called Kyrgyzstan, and there was a large gathering, and uh, mainly Muslims. And uh, near the end of the night, I had a word of knowledge about a a leg condition. And I invited people to come forward who had that condition. And there were 65 people came forward. I know because I counted. 65 people came forward. And I said to the team, okay, I want you to start to pray for them, just like I'm going to teach you in another 20 minutes. And I want you to start praying for them. And they started to pray, and then suddenly the activity of heaven, heaven broke in. And I said, Pray faster, pray faster now. And the poor folks, they didn't know what I was talking about. And so this nice, non-demonstrative, polite Canadian man jumped off the platform, which I never do, because I'm a polite Canadian. And, and I, I ran from one end to the other, touching their legs as fast as I could, and they were all instantly healed. Oh, I couldn't have done that five minutes earlier. I'm sure I couldn't have done it five minutes later, but heaven broke in. I recognize that moment. By the way, just to clarify something, because even though I'm going quick, I don't want to miss this. I am not a triumphalist. I believe more people are healed if we pray for them than if we don't. But I'm not a triumphalist. The kingdom has come, but it's still coming. We live between the already and the not yet. That very same week... Though these Muslim folks, fast as I touched them, they were all healed that very same week. My father, for whom I'd been praying for two years, died while I was in Kyrgyzstan. So I want you to understand this. I have a dear friend. We've traveled many nations. He's a wonderful, prophetic guy. And when we get together, it just seems... And he got cancer. And people all over the world prayed for him and prayed for him and prayed for him. And he died. 
I have prayed, I have seen scores of people with cancer healed. People I didn't even know very often. God's a mystery, folks. St. Augustine said, if you understand God, then he isn't God. But I know he's always good. I always know he's good. Always. I just wanted to be clear. I'm not here teaching you, saying, oh, if you do this, everything happens. No. But I am saying we keep following, we keep pressing in. You know the number one reason why the church, though they believe in healing, they don't engage in it? It's not lack of faith. It's that it hurts so dang much when you lose one. How many of you are old enough like me to remember Saturday afternoons, 4 o'clock, the wide world of sports? Remember? The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and that poor putt's falling off the ski, ski jump? That's why. Because it hurts. We've got to be willing to, to lose our lives a little bit on this whole healing thing. I'll probably touch on that a little bit next week. So, expectation... Learning to recognize and participate in the activity of heaven. Number three, releasing the purposes of God on earth. This is really, really important. Remember I told you last week your job description is to make the exchange. Beauty for ashes. Do you remember that? Do you remember the five words that turn you into a kingdom connector? May I pray for you, right? So just remembering that... I want you to understand that there's, there's, we engage actively ourselves in the purposes of God. So we need to learn to pull on heaven. I'm going to, I'm sorry we don't have that. I, I don't know what happened. But, but if you, if you want to make a note, Matthew 16, 16 to 19. This is where Jesus has said to the guys, and who do you say I am? Remember verse 15? And, and good old Peter, always the first one to speak. I love Peter. I can relate to Peter because very often his mouth is 10 seconds ahead of his brain. And I can relate to that. He says, oh, I got it. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Remember that? And Jesus said this. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You didn't figure it out on your own. But my Father who is in heaven, it came as revelation. Now listen. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Verse 19 is the key verse. If you're making notes, circle verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound uh, in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What's he saying? He's saying, you've got it. That's revelation. But with revelation always comes responsibility. Folks, you, you need to know that. When God speaks to you, you become responsible for what he said. And uh, it was true for him and it's true for us. The wonder of it all, the, 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 the mystery of this assignment that we talked about last week is that God has given us authority that the the creator of heaven and earth, remember Colossians 1 we looked at? The creator who holds everything together (coughs) 
pardon me, I get choked up just thinking about it, gives us authority. It's up to us. Now, this is a huge shift for people, a huge shift. We were in Mexico with a team. And one night, early on in the trip, there was a large gathering. And uh, one of our team, an 18-year-old kid who basically his dad had dragged him on the journey of compassion, gets his first ever word of knowledge. And God bless him, he steps up with knees knocking and voice cracking, and he says, there's somebody here who was born mute, and you've never spoken. And Jesus is going to heal you tonight. Now, how many know that's going out on a limb a long way, right? And the whole place knew exactly who it was. There was this just big buzz, and they bring this kid about 11 or 12 years old forward. And he prays for him, and in an instant, like hitting a light switch, He's speaking perfect Spanish. And his mom's crying and the place is going ballistic. How many say that's good? Is that good? Next night, we're in a different town. And uh, again, uh, uh, a lot of people came forward to receive the Lord. And so we just started to pray a blessing on them, which I, I love to do. It's sons and daughters who can release the Father's blessing. Tomas, by the way. I think you know that because you're going like this. That's part of our unique inheritance, right? Anyway, while that's going on, there's this hubbub over here. And there's a girl, turns out she's 13. When she was three, she got meningitis and went deaf. One of the team was just praying a blessing and then again a suddenly. And started to pray and her ears opened like that. And she's crying, and her mom's crying, and her grandmother's crying, and the place goes ballistic. How many say that's good? And this great sadness came over me. I thought, what happened? Am I losing it? So I did my usual. I just retreated back over in the corner. I took your position, Richard, when you're waiting to come out. And I said, Lord, I don't get it. Why am I sad? And he said this to me, and I will never, ever forget it. He said, do you remember that boy last night who couldn't speak, and then he could? Yeah. And do you see that girl who couldn't hear, and now she can? Yes, Papa. He said this. I have been waiting for years to do that, but nobody would release it. You hear that? Whatever you release in Albuquerque, That's what gets released from heaven. We can all go home now. (laughs) This changed everything for me. When that happened, the whole nature of praying for the sick just went to a whole other level. When I stand in front of somebody, I know he loves to heal. I know there's authority. I know he's called me to do this and he's called all of us. I'm going to go really quick now because I knew I'd run out of time. Authority is the fourth one. And let me just say this, that um, we know all authority has been given unto Jesus, right? The Great Commission. But he gave us authority. Luke 9, 1 and 2, if you're making notes. He, he gave them power and authority. Authority, Dunamis and exousia. Okay? Um, Jesus, Peter knew he had authority. He knew it because in Acts 3 when there's, there's the, the beggar, the lame beggar, he says, hey man, you got any change? He says, I'm tapped out. 
I don't have anything, but I know what I do have. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. What did he know he had? He knew he had authority. Now, he learned that through experience. Again, if we weren't going quick tonight, I'd show you various places where, where he was called in. Remember Jairus' daughter? Remember the 12-year-old daughter who was dying? And Jesus calls Pete in, along with James and John. And that's just an example. In other words, he knew. He didn't have to crank it up. Oh, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. He knew he had authority. All right? Um, I'd like to say this. It's really important for you to exercise your authority because Mark 4.25 says, For whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. In other words, the modern translation about your authority is, use it or lose it. And I'm telling you, the more you use it, the more it grows and grows and grows. I know that I know I have authority. It's not, I don't have to hype myself up. I don't have to look in the mirror. I got authority. I got authority. I know it because I've walked in it and I keep walking in it for all these years. And it increases to the one who has, more will be given. Say more will be given. All right. Let me just tell you one really interesting thing about authority that I absolutely love. Our authority rests in the message of the gospel itself. Romans 1.16 is the gospel which is the power of God unto salvation. Um, the, uh, Mark 4 talks about the, the farmer. He puts the seed, he goes away, doesn't know how it happens, but all by itself. The message, the authorities in the message. Let me tell you a quick story. Tell you one from India, or Nicaragua, or Russia. I got into Russia the week the Soviet Union was dissolved. Did you know? Christina and I did. A couple of buses of food and clothing, and the country just opened to us. Putin's successor in St. Petersburg just opened everything up for us. Anyway, the Russian government, I had a lot of favor. I was going in there a lot then. We planted a church, and, and they gave me... Um, a translator. I didn't even ask for one. They gave me a translator. And it was actually the deputy mayor's daughter who'd grown up in all the best Marxist, Leninist, atheist schools. But she's my translator. I get off the plane. There's Paulina. She's with me at my right hip all the time. So we'd go out. Sometimes I'd preach in the subways or in the park. And I'd be preaching and she'd be translating. And I'm preaching and she's translating. And then she'd stop and she'd say... But Steve, you know I don't believe that. I said, doesn't matter, Pauline, you're doing great. Let's keep going. And we just keep doing her. That was just the way it went. Well, one time I got into St. Petersburg and I got picked up right from the airport and taken to a big auditorium that the government provided and paid for. And uh, we preached Christ and there was healing going on and it was wonderful. Big team. It was great. In the middle of it, the Lord says to me, I want you to go back to those bleachers. Okay, Papa. So I said, Paulina, follow me. And we kind of went through all the crowd. And we got back to the bleachers. And he sent me right to this woman. She was, you know, maybe 60-ish or something. Back when I thought that was old. But anyway, um, she, her skin was yellow, yellow, yellow. And her stomach was distended. She had very advanced liver disease. And... Uh, 
So I went to pray for her. Now, I would do it differently now, and I'll teach you that later. But back then, you know, you're, you're always learning. I thought, well, I can't lay hands on a 60-year-old Russian lady. So I said, Paulina, I need you to put your hand right there where it's distended, and I want you to say this, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come and I did the deal. And what did she say? But Steve, you know I don't believe. And I said, no problem, no problem. Just go for it. Just do what I said. And she prayed, and the woman went, she shouted, I'm on fire, I'm on fire in Russian. And her stomach that fast went flat, and her skin went as pink as your shirt. And Paulina's eyes got very big. I could tell you the same thing in, in India when I had a Hindu friend and God was moving because it was one of those suddenlies I mentioned a few minutes ago and there weren't enough hands. And I felt like the Lord said, just get Bill to come over and help you. So Bill the Hindu said, okay, Bill, this is what you got to do. In the name of Jesus. He saw as much healing as I did. Why? Because the authority is in the message. You got that? Why does that matter so much? Because when you're at Albertson's on aisle 5 and you see somebody limping and you want to say, can I pray for you? But immediately you think, oh, I haven't had a quiet time for three days. (laughs) And the enemy says, yeah, and I heard what you said to your wife. And, you know, you kicked the dog, whatever. And so we go, oh. Too bad, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't prayed up. I'm all for prayer, folks. But that's not the issue. See, the enemy will do everything he can to discourage you. He uses fear, and if that doesn't work, he uses discouragement, and if that doesn't work, he uses distraction. Next time it happens, you say, that's perfectly true about me not having a quiet time or whatever comes at you. But the authority is in the message. Tell the person beside you the authorities in the message. Okay, i got to go faster. i got to skip a whole bunch of stuff. So we've got authority. The last key is delight. Say delight. Christina and I were doing a, a conference a number of years ago in Seoul, Korea, for the Presbyterians. And we'd had a wonderful three days. It was great. And now it was the last session, and they'd got all the training and and so they were just doing it. They're doing this stuff, and what am I doing, right? But um, a mother brings her kid to me, a young man. It turns out he's 20 years old. And um, she says, my son has got rheumatoid arthritis. And I look, and his knees were like bigger than basketballs. And I said, uh, does it hurt? He says, all the time. And uh, I said, how long have you had this? He said, Since I was a baby, I don't remember not. So I knelt down and started to pray for him. And I had one of the team praying. And as I prayed, I could feel things moving around and everything. And suddenly the room went quiet for me. It wasn't quiet. Everybody's doing stuff. And the Lord said this to me. This is the second thing. I gave, gave you the one in Mexico, but nobody would release it. Here's the other one. He said... You really love doing this, don't you? I said, yes, Papa. And he said, me too. And that guy, he jumped up and down off the platform. He ran around. 
I want, it is so good. Thank you. The Lord says good things because you got to get this. He delights to heal. Mark 1, 40, the, the leper comes in, in, and he says, if you're willing, it says he begged him on his knees. He's on his knees. He begs him. He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus in your Bible says, I am willing. Really in the Greek, he says, I am telo, T-H-E-L-O. And that means willingness, volition, but it also means pleasure and delight. Jesus is saying, you don't have to beg me, man. I love to heal. I am healing. I want you to remember that when you start to pray for somebody. We don't have to beg. I've been involved in this stuff and watching believers, well-intentioned believers, who don't realize it's whatever they release, who don't realize they've got authority, and who think they've got to somehow beg. They've got to talk Jesus into it. Right? You ever been three people around Brother Fred? Oh, Lord, please help Brother Fred with his, you know, his bad knee or whatever it is. Oh, God. And somebody will say, yes, Lord, please, please, just do something, God. Please break in. And somebody else will get real desperate and say, because, Lord, you know that Fred's such a good guy. He teaches fifth grade Sunday school. And he, do you understand where that comes from? It comes from not understanding. What you believe about the king will determine the way you live your life. I told you that week one. He is the God who delights to heal. Who delights to heal. Don't try and talk him into anything. (coughs) Pardon pardon me, I think there's water here. I'll have some rather than expire in front of all of you. We're on a home stretch, but boy, we got to listen fast now. So this has changed the way I pray. He delights to heal, okay? The more we pray for people, the more healing we will see. And God's the healer, but we partner with him. So I'm going to give you what I really wish was up there. So I hope somebody will make notes. Maybe if you remind me, we can get out to you next week. I'm going to give you a simple five-step healing model. Really simple. I've taught it all over the world to be truthful to, I guess, tens of thousands of people. It is so simple, even I can do it. Okay? So are you ready for this? You're, you're in row seven at Albertsons. You finally ask the question that changes everything. What is that question? That pray for you. Right? It's true. That's what you got to do. If you're going to be a kingdom connector, you're going to make the exchange. And this guy, let's say his name is Bill. He says, okay, now what do you do? Number one, what do you need? What do you need? What's the problem? Oh, man, I fell down the stairs last week and I wrenched my knee something terrible. You've got to know what you're praying for, okay? Because you pray with precision. That's part of praying with faith. So number one, you just meet, what did we call him? Bill. What do you need? Say, what do you need? need? Number two, listen to God. While you're talking with Bill, you're just listening. Lord, is there anything else you want to tell me? Most of the time there isn't. I mean, it's the need, right? 
But sometimes maybe there's a generational thing if it's arthritis or something. But anyway, you're just listening while you're talking to Bill. Don't go weird. Don't go, sorry, Bill, I'm just tuning in now. Okay? Listen to God. Say, listen to God. Come on, say it. Number three, this is really, really important. Three and four are going to be a shift for you guys. Number three, invite God's love. Say that. I just de-churchified invite the Holy Spirit. Because you see, Bill doesn't even know there is a Holy Spirit. But everybody knows about love and God's love. So what do I mean? I'm saying, I pray with my eyes open. Everybody say that. Eyes open. Come on. You, most of you don't even believe God can hear you unless your eyes are shut. Do you know why I always pray with my eyes open? I can see better. Why are my eyes open? Because when I, when I would say, hey, can I just put my hand on your shoulder? Lord, thanks for Bill. Just show him you how much you love him right now. Let him just feel your love. Amen. That took about four seconds. And what am I watching for? The Spirit of God's going to come on. Prayed for somebody out in the sidewalk in front of the building on Sunday. The Spirit of God just came on him and they just started. If, when the Holy Spirit comes on, you're 90% home, folks. And, and I'm looking. Maybe eyelids will flutter. That somebody I prayed for last week, that was going on. Or maybe they'll little like this or they'll get flushed. It doesn't matter. My eyes are open. I want to see what God's doing. Right, Richard? Amen. So you invite God's love. You notice how, let me do that again. I would say something like, hey, Bill, let me, can I just put my hand on your shoulder? Sure. God, let Bill feel how much you love him right now. That's it. That's code for come Holy Spirit. All right? So, Number three is invite God's love, right? Number one is what do you need? need? Number two, number three, okay. Number four, huge. Because he loves to heal, he delights to heal. Because he gives authority to sons and daughters, right? Instead of asking him to please heal Bill, we don't so much turn our attention to God right now as the condition. We, number four, command the healing. Now that is a shift I'm willing to bet for 90% of you. When we got a hold of this, everything just took off. Say command the healing. healing. And you're going, wait a minute, I'm commanding God. No, you're not. You're aligning yourself, the rhythm of the kingdom, and you're commanding that person's body to come in alignment with the reality of heaven. That's where you're commanding. Do you understand? So what do I do? I'll say, hey, Bill, can I just put my hand on that knee that he wrenched? And I will quiet put my hand down. You don't have to shout loud. Nothing weird. I'll put my hand and I will say, in the name of Jesus. That's our great weapon. I didn't have time to talk about that tonight. But in the name of Jesus, I command all the pain to leave your knee right now. Receive healing. I happen to know for a fact that takes four and a half seconds. I don't pray for 60 seconds. I don't pray it again and again. I'm not 
doing anything because the only reason he let me pray for him is his cotton-picking knee's been killing him since Tuesday, not because he's looking for a revival meeting in aisle 7. You got it? Command the healing. Say, command your healing. So you put your hand on the affected area. By the way, if it's, you know, if it's a lady and she's got chest pain, duh, get her to put her hand there. You just put your hand on her elbow or something. There is a physical touch that we don't have time to talk about tonight. All right? You speak to the condition. You don't ask God, please heal Bill. He already wants to do that. I've shown you that tonight. Okay? And... Here's another one under command, the healing. Two words. Pray short. Say it. Now say it like you mean it. Now say it like you believe what you mean. I watch people pray themselves out of faith, out of the, the movement of God. I'm not kidding you. I know from 40 years plus of this stuff, there is a negative correlation between how long we pray and what we see. Have you got authority? You ever notice how long Jesus' prayers are? Be healed. Get up. Okay. So, and then number five, immediately test it out. Say, test it out. Bill, do something you couldn't do. Bend that knee. Let's go for a little walk. Do a deep knee bend. Or if it's the back or the shoulder or whatever, you got that? Immediately test it out. Because you want to know and you ask, Hey, Bill, is it all better? Is it some better or no difference? If it's all better, hallelujah, praise God. If it's some better, then you thank God for that. Thanksgiving so powerful. Lord, Pardon me. Thank you for what you're doing in Bill. Holy Spirit's working right now. As, and so I'm going to just pray again. I'm not going to pray louder. I'm not going to pray weirder. I'm not going to pray longer. Lord, thank you that you're healing Bill's knee now. In the name of Jesus, I command the rest of this pain to go. Test that out. You hear how fast that is? Do you hear how fast that is? I know we're getting a little late, so maybe we need to let the kids go. Because I want to finish this way. I went as fast as I could. So, number one, what do you need? Number two, listen to God. Come on. Number three, invite God's love. Number four, number five, all right. Uh, Could I please have those people with back pain, uh, if you would stand up and, uh, huh, and I don't know whether it's shoulder or elbow pain, but, but if you've got back pain or you've got pain in your shoulder or elbow, I need you to come up right away because I'm already in trouble. I've gone late. And, I, and honey, would you help me, dear? Oh, yeah. And, oh, I do need you out there. I'm sorry. Now, I want you to turn around and face these people, please. Good. You did a line really good. Okay. Look at all the pain that's in this room. Do you see all this? Richard, you see this? We're stepping into our inheritance tonight. We will, I hope, from now on. Okay, straight line. Are are you in the line or behind the line? You're in the line. Good, straight line. Okay, what do we got? Two, four. 
I counted twos. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four, twenty-six. My word. All right. I need everybody to stand up. Tonight, you release the kingdom of heaven. Tonight, you move in the rhythm of the kingdom. The first 26 people who get up here and stand in front of someone, you get to release the kingdom. Ready, set, go. Come. Come. Run. This brother here in the white t-shirt, yes, third row back. God's going to use you tonight. Come. 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 We're not done yet. No praying yet. Whoa, whoa. Listen to me. We will have no unauthorized healing going on here. I really mean it. I want you to just wait a second. Has everybody got someone? Okay. Now, we're going to help them. All you folks, you can sit down now because you didn't have your running shoes on, I guess. Now, listen. Please, don't pray. Don't pray. You're going to find out exactly what they need. Specific, Not my back hurts, but where does your back hurt? Right here. My knee hurts right here. You're going to find out what they need. Be specific. Don't, don't, don't. Listen to me. Don't talk. No, no. Listen to me. I'm not done. Oh, I'll blow a gasket. It'll be really ugly. Second thing. Yes, you're listening to God. Folks, please. Number three. I want you to simply rest your hand on them with your eyes open. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit. Not yet. Number four, command the healing. And here's the big difference. You now know exactly where that pain is. So you, I think you should say, could I just put my hand where the pain is? You place your hand right where the pain is. And then you don't... Ask God, please, please, please heal Fred. He delights to heal and you've got authority. So what do you do? Your hand is on and you command the healing. You speak to the condition. I speak to this sore back in the name of Jesus. I command the pain to go right now. Receive healing. You got that? And then you have them tested out. If it's a back bend, do whatever they couldn't do. Everybody got that? Holy Spirit, I love what you're doing already because it all comes by your Spirit. That's why when you invite the Lord's presence, invite the Lord's presence. And give Him a moment and then put your hand where the pain is. You may begin now. Now healing is authorized. If it's all better, hallelujah. If it's some better, thank the Lord and pray again. If it's some better, pray again. Put your hand there and thank Jesus and then command the rest of it. How many people already wave at me if the pain is gone? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five already? Six, seven. It's wonderful. Eight. The rest of you, pray again. 
In the name of Jesus, I command this knee pain to leave right now. Receive healing from the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, let the reality of heaven flow into your body. Be healed. Test it out again. I forgot to tell you in my rush, as long as God is still doing something, you keep doing something. If he's stopped, you stop. It's okay. And if you're healed, you can sit down. If you're healed, you can sit down. And if you're still getting healed, get healed. And if nothing happened, then just pray for them that God would move even tonight. Okay? Now, we we're, we're really are. I've gone way over 7 minutes and 14 seconds. But I never taught this faster in my life, I don't think. Now, in the name of Jesus, who remembers? Number one, what do you need? Say that. Number two, listen to God. Number three, invite God's love. Number four, number five. Okay, now, I would like to know. If you know that you know that you know, either all the pain is gone or most of it is gone. You know that. Would you stand up, please? If you've received healing tonight, stand up. I want to see. If you got healing, stand up. One, two. Don't sit down again. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. 12, 13, 14, 15. Whoa. Now, keep standing. If God used you tonight, little old you, to release the kingdom, to be a kingdom connector, you stand too. Pastor Richard, look around this room. Everybody, look around. The first time Do you see how much he wants to do? As we get a hold of this on aisle seven at the post office, or my personal favorite, lining up in the prescription lineup at Walgreens, do you need healing? (laughs) Or if this church becomes known even more, because I know you pray for the sick. I love that. That's part of what brought me back. But even more, look at this. Do you see how many tonight? This is your inheritance. I've kept you late. Christina would love to meet you and tell you a little bit about the trip. You can pick up a flyer. There's books. Those two books, there's more books, but those two mentioned specifically into what we did tonight in the Reader's Digest version. I'm going to pray for you. You know what? I've only been coming here for three months and I think I've fallen in love. I love you guys. I really do. I really do. So put your hands out. I'm going to pray an impartation. Paul said in uh, Romans 1.11, he said, How I long to be with you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift. So that's part of our authority. 
that we get to impart in the name of Jesus Christ. I release the Spirit of God who loves to rest on you. And in Jesus' name, I pray a fresh impartation for healing. Heal the sick. In the authority of Jesus' name and the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I speak an impartation for healing, for words of knowledge, for revelation. In the name of Jesus, I speak a fresh faith to recognize those suddenlies, to participate in the activity of heaven. The angels of God that are always on the move, I bless you and impart to you a new capacity to begin to see what others don't see. I pray all this in the name of Jesus, who we love so. Amen. Just want to say what a joy that you stayed. Father, I just pray that as we leave this place, we not lose what we just experienced with you. I pray blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget, go by the information table. Don't forget, if you're getting baptized, sign up. We'll see you on Sunday. I'm preaching how to rise above disappointment, so I hope you're here.